1: I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories, and song, and we are privileged to be part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present. We are broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. We honour this in all the work that we do and carry this into our conversation today. You are listening to Race Matters. This is a show that explores the complexities of race, culture and identity. I'm Darren Lasagas.
0: And I'm Sharika Halaludin. Good morning, Darren. Nice (gasps) to be here with you. Oh, so lovely
1: to be in your company this morning. How are you going?
0: I'm good. Just off the backs of dancing all night to... Papaphilia and a lot of FBI, FAM, E3P, Index, um, Salvage. Um, yeah, it takes a lot for me to stay out on a dance floor these days, but I have to say I was really basking in some really divine and embodied energy last night. It really revitalized um i guess the love i have for being on the dance floor especially when you find some cuties and like (laughs) spend some time dancing in the corner with them um so yeah i think just reveling off of that this morning how are you in this moment
1: I'm good. I'm I'm happy to hear that from you because I also am a huge champion of that feeling. Yes. Um, feeling a little bit husky this morning, celebrating um, some people's love last night, but um, we're here together and yeah. I'm glad that you had that amazing time at Red Rattler last night. Shout out Red Rattler.
0: Shout out to Red Rattler and community-led spaces and people trying to be guided with a lot of care in what they put together Mm. yeah
1: ahead on the show we are talking about critical race and music specifically what it is to create black-led spaces in club music and beyond what is it to create those spaces black artist database began in 2020 amid uprisings for racial justice not just calling into the question the violence experienced by black communities but how that flows into the daily lives and creative output of black artists Through a DIY approach in the last few years, they've moved from a database of black artists to a whole scope of projects that seeks to uplift artists and that they get paid to... For their Jews. We'll be chatting to Tanya Akinola, NAM-based DJ writer and label manager who has been working alongside Black Artist Database. We're gonna be talking about how she got involved with BAD in the first place, uh, what it means to create your own systems of creativity, and charting the life of the Black Artist Database over the past few years. Formerly known as Black Bandcamp, Black Artist Database has a single premise to get more black people paid for their music. It's a crowdfunded resource of artists aimed at bringing cultural and material support to the black community. It's been continuing to grow since it began as a shared Google spreadsheet, now providing a large scope of black creators from all fields uh, alongside artists and DJs. They throw events, skills building workshops and now have a podcast. More than that, it's a project that seeks to call out the effects of white supremacy on creative access and daily lives, whilst providing an antidote rooted in the vulnerability and expressions of black creativity.
0: The team describes the database as a continuous work in progress, which is maintained by a mix of volunteers and paid administrators. Our guest today is one of them, Tanya Arcanola. Tanya, a.k.a. TN, is a DJ, writer and label manager co-running the multidisciplinary electronic record label Amniote Editions with DJ Mama Snake, as well as working with Black Artist Database. She's been working in the music industry across the UK and so-called Australia for the past six years and is joining us off the backs of playing a show earlier this week. Tanya is with us live in the studio on Race Matters. Tanya, thanks heaps for being here. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Um, We want to begin by asking you about your involvement with Black Artist Database. It's a project that began overseas. How did you get involved with it?
2: Yeah, so I uh lived in the UK for a couple of years, um, and then moved back to uh Nam in I think the end of twenty nineteen, just shortly before COVID. And um yeah, so I was just chatting with a friend here, um, Rag, Anu Rag, who uh is behind Cool Room and just an amazing community organizer. Um, he actually put me in touch with Nix, who uh co founded Black Artist Database. Um, she at the time was looking to expand the operations and the scope of what Black Artist Database, then known as Black Band Camp, was doing. And she was looking for someone to kind of help with the editorial side of the website, building uh, more of an editorial presence and getting people involved with kind of documenting um black history and dance music. Um and so yeah, so she I think did a shout out and Rag, who I'm friends with, put us in touch. And we had a really great um, meeting and, yeah, it's been ever since then, I think in 2020, that we've been working together.
1: Cool. Uh, beginning as a crowdsourced database, of course, there's something inherently anti-institutional about the work of Black Starter database. Like you're creating your own systems of relationships and, and creativity. Can you speak to some of the work that you do as part of that?
2: it's been a lot of learning as we go obviously these systems are not set up and we're kind of creating them as we go so it's been a real process for all of us uh, especially given the nature of what we do and you know we're not always being paid for this a lot of it comes from partnerships and grants but we all have our other hustles that we do we all have jobs full-time jobs part-time jobs freelance work that we're trying to balance and so it can be quite difficult Trying to find ways to sustain ourselves and trying to find ways to, I guess, create new systems um, that are going to benefit the black community as a whole. So, yeah, it's been a lot of engaging with other people, trying to doing a lot of listening, a lot of conversations. I think in 2020, um, we thankfully had a lot more time to have those conversations so there were a lot of times where Nix, Kay who was the other director of Black Artists database and I we would all have like meetings that would go on for hours and just talking about different ways that we can create new systems or you know someone suggested this how about if we try this out. Um, So yeah it's been a real learning process, Um, a lot of reading, a lot of talking um, and it is quite difficult uh, trying to in some ways, we do have to engage with these establishments um, just for monetary purposes um, to help elevate what we do. But I think the end goal is always to create systems of our own.
1: It's like the process is the thing. Like exactly. The process is the thing. And, you know, I love that initiatives like this, they always start as conversations. Like everything mm-hmm. has to be a conversation first before it becomes the thing.
2: Definitely. Can you
1: pinpoint any like aha moments where you're like, OK, this is now where we start?
2: I think it's kind of just a series of small moments yeah. but mm-hmm. I think hmm, in terms of some of the bigger moments maybe it's just like when we kind of try something out and then we find that it works it's it's amazing I think um, just seeing the momentum behind the the um, list that we had in the beginning starting out as a spreadsheet and being like wow like I think Nick had suggested maybe 20 or so names wake up and then there's like 500 names it's like these little moments that kind of build momentum and feed into creating a bigger picture Um, so yeah I think that and I think launching the website as well um, was a big aha moment for us seeing how many people supported it and and were behind it and some of the press I mean obviously we operate in a small most of us working at BAD operate in the small niche of the dance music industry electronic music and seeing bigger platforms kind of pick it up and push it Yeah, it's really like, wow, okay, so people will get behind it and support it. Um, So, yeah, I think Mm. those kind of moments...
1: Yeah, um, it's amazing hearing how you can chart the successes of it in terms of its scope and how it grows. But what are some of the success stories of maybe some of the artists, like, Mm. you know, returning back to you and being like, this has happened because of this? Like, can you think of examples of that?
2: Yeah, there's been quite a few of those. I think gets gets more of them whenever she shares it with me. It's really special. Like, you know, there'll be an artist from a small town in the U.S. that will say, you know, because of you having me on your database, I my sales increased you know tenfold this month which is amazing or i think nick shared the story um that i heard a little while ago about Sherelle from the uk um she has an amazing new label this is beautiful and it's all black artists and she was inspired to do that because of bad and just seeing Nick do it and seeing another black woman who has a similar lived experience to her doing it and seeing the support behind it made her go oh yeah hell yeah i can do this as well duh um so yeah i think little stories like that are really special just whenever we hear that someone has <clears throat> found like their sales increase on Bandcamp or whatnot just from the database is amazing um we are launching a label soon we've been talking with our digital distributor and even he was letting us know like oh I've been working with this release for however many years and after you created BAD we saw an increase in sales as well on our end and it's just amazing to hear those stories.
0: Mm, we're kind of talking about what it is to harness that energy and this momentum that you're talking about and also this labor of love Mm -hmm. right that often unseen labor of what it is to do this collective action as you said the database began in 2020 when there was a sense of urgency amid uprisings for racial justice what does it mean to sustain that energy what does it urgency mean now as opposed to three years ago?
2: It is really hard because we were in a very different place um, when we created this database. Um, In many regards, we still are in that same place. So it is hard to kind of maintain that energy or to sometimes you feel like you're almost having to convince people that this is still an issue and this is still something that's very important. People definitely tend to forget. I've been feeling the weight of that recently. Um, just feeling disappointed with other people um, around me that maybe, yeah, kind of feel like we as people of colour and as black people don't notice that they obviously uh, don't care as much and try to get away with stuff. So, yeah, it is hard to maintain that urgency with people. Um, In terms of ourselves, I think with the work that we do, we come away from it feeling so inspired and feeling so we really see the benefits of what we're doing. Um, And so for us, it doesn't tend to waver that much. And there's, yeah, so much excitement that we feel with what we're doing. Um, But it is definitely hard to to sustain, especially because sometimes the money isn't there and we have to do other things to balance it out. Um, And so that kind of takes away from the work that we could be doing with um, BAD. Um, So, yeah, it is a bit of a difficult one. Yeah, I guess
0: some of those challenges in sustaining some of the work, there is that tension as well where corporations and tastemakers, they see that they need to have a black name or a black Mm -hmm. person representing their work or curating playlists and campaigns to show this, um, sometimes to profit off calls for social change how do you toe the line of wanting to kind of reap those resources um, but remaining true to the goals of BAD?
2: It is hard and it usually involves a lot of conversations with each other. Um, Something that we do when we partner with people is we have our terms and conditions so we kind of outline what we expect from the person with the organization we're collaborating with and what they can expect from us. Um, We outline how we want them to kind of use their resources, not always financially, but also uh, basically just uh, breaking down the barriers for other people, breaking down the gatekeeping. Um, so, yeah, we kind of outline what our values are and we say, like, this is what it is to work with us. If this is not in line with you and your mission as a company, then we don't want to work with you. And we also have the right to uh stop this partnership whenever we want if we find that you aren't abiding by our core values and what we want we want it to be beneficial to our community as a whole the black community um and yeah it's just quite simple like if you're not going to do that if you're not going to be a beneficial resource for us then we can just pull pull the partnership um so yeah it's very important to us that there is transparency with that as well and we have had to do that we have You know, partnered with a major organization and had to stop the partnership when we found out that there were people working for them that had experienced racism and the director of the, you know, at the hands of the company and the director of the company did not take accountability. And even though it meant that we were at a financial loss, we, you know, we're not doing anything that's not going to be in line with our morals. Um, we also have our processes, um, where we do internal reviews. If someone in the community brings something to our attention, we take it very seriously. We have an email set up for that and we do a full internal review of that and make sure that we're transparent with what we find and what we believe to be the best course of action that will benefit the community as a whole.
1: If you've just tuned in, you are listening to Race Matters. We're here with writer, DJ, and contributor to Black Artist Database, Tanya Akinola. We're delving deep into her work and learning about the scope of what the Black Artist Database does. We're also playing selections of Black and First Nations artists selected by Tanya herself, and we're going to hear some of them now. First up, we've got Tigerpore with their track Transcend, uh, a trailblazing queer Black artist who embodies a lot of the DIY and resistant attitudes we've been talking about. They're also an artist that you uh interviewed a couple years ago what's something that you took away from your time with Tiger Paul
2: it was really incredible Tiger Paul is a very inspiring person and I think there's someone who has been doing working in the music industry for so long and has built such a quality body of work and they don't see the rewards of that a lot of the time you know um so I think it's important to spotlight what they're doing and also just listen to them they are they're always sharing their experiences online um, what it's like for them to navigate the music industry as a queer person as a trans person um, and to kind of be often ignored underpaid undervalued Um, and so yeah so I always yeah like to spotlight Tiger Paul where I can because they're incredible they have a lot of amazing things to say and their music is absolutely incredible
0: You're doing this work from here in so-called Australia where nuances of race relations and language around identity are different to other places in the world. Specifically with political identity here um, the database includes black diasporic and First Nations artists. Can you tell us how you navigate the nuances of language and identity here?
2: Yeah so that was definitely something we had to discuss in the beginning um, you know we don't want to police or tell people how to identify it's very important that people are able to self-identify um so in terms of navigating how that works with our database it's basically a lot of listening to other people a lot of uh reading as well not putting that labor onto other people to say hey tell me how you identify tell me um in your part of the world is this con- is this considered black is this not considered black Um, so yeah, so how that works in so-called Australia, um, is basically just listening to people. Um, is obviously from the UK and that was something that she brought up with me like, Hey, you're from this part of the world. Um, I don't know a lot about it. So how does that work? Um, and so, yeah, we obviously include our first nations peoples and it's kind of just understanding That that is also part of the black identity in this country, and it's very important to include. And that there's a shared struggle amongst black people around the world. There's a shared, common struggle. Um,
1: How does it change, like you know, your pre-existing you know relationships in the music industry? How does it inform the way that you you know move in those spaces?
2: It's quite interesting, I think, um, in different contexts in different parts of the world. Yeah, you come to understand that people don't really have an understanding of what it means to be black in so-called Australia, um, in the UK or in Europe, in America, in other places. Um, Obviously, I got started working in the music industry in the UK. And whilst I was there, I did find that people's understanding of, um, yeah, blackness in Australia, of First Nations people is very limited. It was quite shocking, but also not surprising. Um, So I think it's been um, really great that... I have been able to have conversations with people in the music industry that aren't from this country and making an effort to learn and understand how it works in this country when they are coming down for various purposes um yeah just seeing them be a bit more informed and making a bit more of an effort to understand how blackness works here
0: We've been chatting through some amazing structural ways that some of the work you do has been reshaping the music industry um, and beyond with Black Artist Database. I want to take a moment also to move from, I guess, these ideas away from the cerebral into the club. Tanya, you're also a DJ playing under TN. Is it possible for you to describe how it feels to play in Black-led spaces? I think you really feel
2: um, the difference. (laughs) You know, just there's been so many experiences that I have had that I'm sure many other Black people and people of colour can relate to where, yeah, you are, you feel like you're the only person in the room that identifies the way you do and you feel very isolated. Um, And so it definitely makes a difference when you are in these spaces um, that are kind of built for you, by you. Um, yeah, there's just that feeling that you can't kind of describe um, to be in those spaces and they're very important and very special. Um, and yeah, I hope that we're able to build and sustain more of them.
0: Yeah, you're so right. There is something Ineffable, Like it is hard to put into words sometimes that energy exchange that happens when people kind of come into the space and they're like, "Okay, yeah, I know what's up. Or they can feel like I'm I'm centered here or like Mm -hmm. this DJ, like she knows what I want to move to and like why that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, Since joining BAD has um, some of the, I guess, transformative aspects that you've been talking about in your work. Have you been able to experience those as well as an artist?
2: Yeah, I think I have. I think there's been um, new connections that have been made, um, new ideas being put forward. And so, yeah, it does definitely translate and and cross over, I think.
1: Mm. We're having an ongoing conversation around music, Black-led spaces and how that can enact social and material change. What are some meaningful ways you want people to be engaging with the work of Black artist database?
2: support is very important I think engaging actively sharing actively engaging with it um, using the database as a resource and sharing it and finding you know there are so many black creatives on there I think we have over four thousand artists on there at the moment and then we have also launched the creative database so you can find people that can do literally anything <laughs> on there in the creative field so definitely using that sharing that basically Financially supporting black artists where you can, um, in a way that is going to hit their pockets directly and not have to go, if you can avoid, you know, um, going through some of these white establishments, that would be incredible as well. Um, Bandcamp Fridays are still around, things like that, where you can kind of give more money to the artists or to the creatives, um, showing up, uh, for events, for panels, um, yeah, just basically all these standard forms of support just and also making sure that you're doing that um ongoing not getting um fatigued and just carrying it on.
1: It's so cool to hear you talk about how like you and Nix were sharing a list of 20 artists and now it's like 4000 people in the database. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, well, it was actually Nix and like yeah. a collection of people like DJs and artists from the UK and Europe and yeah they actually all put it together and then woke up and were just like whoa I think it was like on a Google spreadsheet and they saw all the anonymous animals and it
1: was
2: (laughs) yeah I really I think I did see it in those early iterations and I was it's incredible that it's grown into what it is today. What
1: does it mean to grow it from here into the future?
2: I mean that is something that we often discuss um we've had to strip back what we've been doing um and really focus because it's hard. So many people come to us with these incredible ideas, with these incredible suggestions, but we don't have the capacity to undertake all of them. So we have tried to recenter ourselves over the past six to 12 months and really think about what it is that we can do in the future, how we can grow and sustain ourselves and not uh, burn ourselves out. Um, So yeah, so it's been uh, hard trying to navigate that, but I think for us the core focus at the moment is maintaining the database. Um, We are going to try and be more self-sufficient, and we're going to be launching a label, which is going to be really exciting. So that is going to be a core focus of of what we do, Um, and we definitely have other plans and exciting things that we're working on um, that will basically expand what we're doing. You'll definitely be seeing more of that soon. That
0: is all for Race Matters this week. I'm Sharika Hellaludin.
1: I'm Darren LaSagas. Thank you to our guest for today, Tanya Akinola, for chatting through some of the depths of what it is to create black-led spaces in music and beyond. If you want to learn more about her work, about Black Artist Database, and how to give your money directly to black artists, we will, we will leave all the details in our show notes.
0: You can listen back to episodes of Race Matters at fbiradio.com slash racematters. Bye.